0: and paying Ramosa finds the target swinton it was there's a little short kick from hodge who gets the bounce it's there for banks he flicks it out the back door and a try on baby for tom wright what a start australia G'day and welcome to episode 27 of Rugby Fixation. We're trying something a little bit different this week. Um, we've got a bit of a new logo, a bit of a new feel to the episode, and I know we're coming in quite late in the week, so I just want to do something short, sharp, and sweet just to cover some of the things from last week of uh, the Rugby Action, but also talk a little bit about this week coming up. So as you can see on the screen, if you're watching along, um, we've got a few different things to go through. Uh, Harvey Norman's sponsoring the MVP of Super Rugby A year. So they've released a bit of a shortlist with a little bit of contention that's spoken about on Twitter. I'll uh, we'll go through some of the results from Super Rugby AU and Outer Roa, the team of the week, some previews, and then also just um, letting you know where to find us. So as we go through, the Super Rugby AU MVP, it's a bit of a different setup. Um, instead of coming up with a shortlist that they've thought about with all the key players or anything like that, it looks more like um, just picking five from each team. And, you know, to the credit, they are five players that have done pretty well for their team, but just oh, a whole lot of them not really super well thought out. And when you look at that list, you could whittle it down to about, you know, five to seven genuine contenders um, and some other players that have done well in parts. But one of the things that stood out, I think, was they were talking about players that have played or started uh, every match. And just going through the list, we can see Tim Anstey. He's, I think, started two games with one on the bench. Um, you know, whether it's injuries or form, whatever it happens to be, I know for him it's injuries, but um, still, I don't think you can give the MVP to someone that's played that little game time. Same as players like Izzy Parisi, who have missed, you know, massive chunks because of um, suspension. And then Seru Uru, who isn't on this list currently, uh, but only because Reg Roberts uh, cut on Twitter and um, complained that Fraser McWright wasn't in there, which is pretty crazy given he's probably one of the form players of the comp. So he's since been replaced. Just a few of those things. Rob Carney as well, you know, just not really getting that much game time in there. But I think for me, it's pretty hard to go past James O'Connor. Um, he's just had a pretty unreal season for the Reds. Hunter Paisami's come into his um, you know, form. He's, he's playing 12 and 13. And I think where he fits for the Wallabies and for the Reds could be massive over the coming years. And I'd like to really see him settle on whatever they think his best position is. Um, for me, I kind of like him as the 12. But this week, he's not going to get a chance there. So we'll see how he goes with 13 again. Um, but to remove the Reds' bias, obviously, Rob Valentini. Um to me is the standout six option for the wallabies, um, because he's had such a great season at the Brumbies. Like he's just hitting rocks um, with a whole heap of aggression, but it's mainly the runs and the tackles that are doing it for me. Because we need someone that's got not the aggressor role necessarily, but the big hitter. Um we've seen Swinton come in and, you know, with the big hits in the early shots, but that's resulted in red cards, tests rugby, and yellow cards for um, the Waratahs. So we want somewhere that's a little bit in between. I think Valentini just Offers a whole lot of that. Now, um, Looking at some of the results from last weekend, I think the best thing, i put it on Twitter as well, all the games have been so close. So all the matches we've seen really right throughout this competition, other than a few outliers early on in Super Rugby AU and Altaroa, um, just the closeness and competitiveness of the games has been a real highlight. Um, the Highlanders Blues game, unreal to watch if you haven't seen it yet. Mainly, um, if I can direct to one moment of that game, Right before half time, Highlander's been a penalty, kick to um, touch, and they get a line out. Line out's about 18, 20 meters out, so it's not really, you know, set up for a rolling mall. Um, but that was never in Tony Brown's intention. They set up this perfect uh, running line for um, Punavai, who runs in this awesome try. Um, it's pretty much what you want to have your forwards and backs intertwined to try and create. Like that, that's really set piece dominance just working. And we'd normally relate the set piece dominance to a scrum that's pushing the other one back but this is showing that no like if we get a line out we know what to do with it um, we've just got to be really efficient with getting the ball uh, up and down to you know the halfback and then also just having our runners running that straight line And really um in a game that was decided by six points i think that try just really you know broke it wide open for the highlanders and gave them a great run in um, after that the chiefs beat the crusaders 26 to 25 Very interesting game. Um, Crusaders haven't really been in an awesome run of form. They started the season as you'd expect them to, but I think it's sort of coming to them that their back road doesn't really have the best balance. Um, Obviously, playing Tom Sanders at seven, he's a great player, but I I don't think he's necessarily an open side. Um, And he he played pretty well. Um, Made a lot of tackles, but... It definitely isn't a Tom Christie, definitely isn't a Matt Todd. But like they need someone that is an out and out fetcher and has been doing that, you know, pretty much the whole career. So I think they're going to be really looking forward to trying to get a genuine seven back in that jersey, whether that be um, Havili Talatili, or, you know, if they've got someone else in the wings waiting to jump in, that seems to be a pretty big staple of the Crusaders, just to have people ready to go. Um, one of the moments I think that stood out when we look at that Crusaders scoreline, obviously you can't ever, you know, go back and look at, oh, well, this. Action in the fiftieth minute was what sealed it. But um, Richard Mwangi had a shot at goal that was pretty, you know, straightforward. It was about ten meters to the right of the post, and just sprayed it because he just rushed through it. And you know, when you think that it's a one-point loss, sure, it's hard to go back to that moment and you know say that is why they lost. And I don't think that's why they lost, but it, it does really show that you got to really make every moment count and be really. I guess, invested in each moment, because that is a straightforward kick for someone of his calibre, especially because that's probably the thing that um, Richie Morgan has been improved on the most this year, is, you know, he was always a great attacking player, but, but often, you know, come up with some less than um, desirable kicking stats. But he's had a lot of games this year where he's got, you know, 100%. Um, so I think, not to pin the blame on him, but when Mac is playing at 10 opposite you and, you know, kicked all six of his goals, I didn't miss one, And when it comes down to just a really simple kick like that, you'd probably look back and think, you know, could we have done more or should I have taken more time? Um, I don't want to question the intent, but like you've got to take those moments seriously. And in a match where they've already rested Sam Whitelock and Cullen Grace, two All Blacks, um, you can't really be seen to be doing things, you know, quickly or rushing them or taking it lightly. So one little takeaway from there. The other thing is they've got two All Blacks wingers and they touch the ball a combined nine times. You know that they need to get the ball out to them all and as we said with the back row um they don't have the best balance with the back row much the same as they don't have the best balance in the back line because they're putting their best players in there but david Havili's done a great job at 12 but is a better fullback than he is at 12. um and then same with leicester flying anuku he is a great running player and a really good wing and a damaging runner but again, not a 13. And when he's only playing half the match and you're putting another inside center on the field in Dallas McLeod, it's hard to strike that balance of just getting all the right players you need and getting players that actually perform those set roles as opposed to just being freakish athletes, which they've got no shortage of. Um, but I should credit the Chiefs because they play really well. Their back row is amazing. Um, finally had the return of Lachlan Boshier, which is huge for them because he's you know, an all-black and waiting is just lethal with ball in hand, but also a good, um, you know, ruck presence. So I think his inclusion was really vital. And Luke Jacobson's just had a standout season. So I think with them linking up a little bit, I know they won't have Jacobson this week, but you can see quite a nice combination building with that Chiefs back row, even without all-black skipper Sam Kane. Uh, if we look at the Aussie uh, conference, the Super Rugby AU sides um, had two really close games again. Western Force versus Waratahs. That was just an unreal game. Probably my game of the week, just because I love drop goals. Um, and I got very excited to see the Donaldson, you know, conversion, which was a drop goal because you know, like a young player hasn't started a game for the Waratahs before. And you know, when the ball's not doing what he wants on the tee, just the composure just strike that drop goal so well um, from so far out was pretty impressive. But then I think also just the composure of uh, Domingo Miotti, the force uh, fly half, just to knock over his drop goal as well. I think it was 15-10 at that time. And the intelligence to see the situation, realise that we've had a lot of ball, we're not really moving forward, we're up by five, if we get a drop goal that you know extends out to be able to try. Just those little things like that that I think are really clever and um, it, I'm surprised more teams don't do it more often. The example that I think... You should always hearken back to and think well, maybe we could implement this a bit more is that um 2019 rugby world cup with a wales game against the wallabies they got the ball back off the kickoff it was 30 seconds in and then Biggers straight in front they've had no ball so he just knocks a drop goal over because he can and suddenly three 0 and we're under pressure 30 seconds in so different situation here but just that same just ability to recognize oh you know i am right in front not doing much else, how about we just knock this over, get a bit more pressure on the scoreboard, and see what we can do after that. So full credit to the force for winning that one. Um, my brother Curtis isn't joining me on this one, but he would be pretty devastated, I think, at the result. Um, very close to the Tars getting their first win. Uh, and we'll wrap it up with the Rebels and the Brumbies. Tough game to watch if you're a Rebels fan, just because you know the leader and best player, Matt Tamua, just... That ridiculous cover attempt to try and get the ball back. It didn't really look like he was sprinting much to it. He's a very experienced player. He should know how to clear the ball out or at least, you know, conceal the ball somehow and just, you know, put it straight into Josh Kemeny. Um, yeah, I just hope he's bought him around a beer after that because that was, you know, a bit of a shocker. If we look through the team of the week, um, the Aussie Conference, I'm, I'm really liking the look of this because. All the teams are getting a bit more exposure now um, and a bit more representation there. this. So Angus Bell's come back looking great. I put Fleddy Kai 2 in there. Um, even though he's got a pretty controversial try, I just thought he is improving quite a lot. And in a round where oh, the hookers really blew my mind, I thought he's just doing enough to you know show that steady improvement. Um, I still wanted to work on the line-out. The stats aren't super reflective of how good the line-out ball was. But, I mean, if that's a confidence booster for him, all the power to him... Um, Santiago Madrona gets his first mention in here we've also got Cade Neville and Siddileki uh, Tamani, two unreal players that, you know, even though they're both over 30 um, and a decent bit over 30 they're playing really good footy and I wouldn't mind either of them partnering uh, Luke Salakai Lotto in the Wallabies back just to get that sort of experience head with them um, Rory Scott what a debut for the Brumbies Like just looked absolutely unreal um, in that seven jersey and partners down with Swinton Valatini. Uh, we've got Joe Powell and Ben Donaldson in the halves. I just thought they both had really great games. Joe Powell's probably been um, close to the form halfback of the competition. Like He's just doing so much for that Rebels team. Uh, we've got Tom Wright and Jordan Feller on the wings with Kyle Godwin and Izzy Parisi in the centers and Tom Banks at fullback. So again, a lot of players that are coming back and getting a bit more recognition, um, you know, g- getting the name on that list more than once. And for the Kiwis, we've got uh, Aiden Ross. Cody Taylor, who came off the bench and is still probably the best player um, on form at the moment. Uh, Angus Tauvel on the tight head with uh, Naitoa Akui, Bryn Evans, Shannon Frizzell, Lockie Beauchere, and Luke Jacobson. And then in the backs, Aaron Smith, Damian McKenzie at 10, uh, Caleb Clark, and Nani Punavai on the wings with Nankavell and Leonard Brown at center, and Will Jordan at fullback. So a few new faces, a few familiar ones, but all in all, just... Very, very solid teams um coming through. I've complained before a little bit about not having the cattle to choose from, but plenty of great players now. And I think they are getting to the business end of the season, so they're realising we've got to really step it up if we're gonna, you know, get that international call-up. And also we've got to step it up if we wanna get that starting jersey because to be fair, there's been a bit of rotation between the teams, just as they try and find the best team. Um Whether they're preparing for the finals of this comp or preparing for Trans-Tasman, in probably the cases of the Australian teams, um, there's some really nice form for some of these guys. If we look at the previews, um, Chiefs are versing the Hurricanes, and last time it was really close. Chiefs just edged it. I think I'll back them again. Um, They're looking really solid. They're just a really nice run of form, but Brent Gatland hasn't won a game while starting. So he starts again at 10 Jersey. That'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, and Luke Jacobson misses out at the number eight jersey with Peter Gus cooler coming at number eight. So he's a big bull runner as well. So they're not going to lose too much there. Force versus Reds. This was a really close game last time at Suncorp. Um, bit of a fortress for them at HBF Park in Perth. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Force get an upset here. But as a Reds fan, I'll, I'll not say that I'll jinx it too much. I, um, I still think the Reds should win it. And I'd love for them to get the unbeaten season. On paper, they probably should. But this Force team—they've really impressed. Um, I don't think it should be understated just how impressive this side is at just doing a really good job of understanding and analysing what they need to do to beat teams. Uh, the Crusaders versus Blues again. Uh, both teams in a really poor run of form, and I think I think Crusaders are going to win it. But really, whoever loses this one is in a really dire position come the finals because it looked, for all money, to be a Crusaders versus Blues final. But now there's a little bit of room to move. And whether they can actually get um, back to the top will be pretty interesting. And lastly, Waratahs versus Rebels. I, I said it last week and I was just off. I think Waratahs are going to win this one. I don't think they're going to get into Trans-Tasman without a win. Um, look, I don't really mind who wins out of them, but the Tars have just built really, really nicely over the last three weeks. They're trying to atone for the start of the season, which I know they're going to be so upset that you know they've had those record losses for the fans. But playing back at home... Um, a lot to prove. And they'll want to build a bit of confidence going into Trans-Tasman knowing they can't make the finals. And that does us. Um, just scraped in the amount of time I thought I might take. I uh, can see the new logo here. Um, we'll start plastering that over Twitter a little bit more. I'm hoping to put a bit more of this on YouTube. But um, you know, stick around, stay tuned, and get in touch on Twitter.